Seinfeld. The Soulmate is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. A podcast about nothing now. Here are the two guys who are gaga for podcasting. I'm Rob Sisterino. Here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? Is this where Lady Gaga got her name? Yes. Yes. I think that's what it was. Huge Seinfeld fan. Gaga. I mean, she's a New Yorker. She's, you know, about the right age. I feel like she might be a Seinfeld fan. You know, her real name is Pam. No, her real name is uh, Stephanie Germanotta. No, I knew that. I knew that. Yes. Now, my mom used to work with someone who is a family friend of Lady Gaga, and they all refer to her as Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Stephanie's doing this. Well, what's Joanne now? I guess that's that's not her. That's like her persona now or something. Yeah. Oh, she has another name? Well, that's just her album. Maybe it's like a family, a relative, like it's her mom or something. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Maybe we'll leave a tape recorder in a room uh, with Lady Gaga and she'll spill the beans on who Joanne is. That's possible. You could probably just Google it also. Eh, I don't know. I'm not interested. Oh, so I'm looking if Lady Gaga is a Seinfeld fan. How do you find that out? Well, Jerry called her a jerk. Why? And she did something weird during a Mets game. Oh, I feel like I remember this uh, vaguely. Was she like, was she like uh, making out or something during a Mets game? I remember she, she was, was like in his she's box. She's a Yankees fan. And she was wearing and a like, Yankee hat in his box, right? No, no, no. She's got some weird thing on, but they, they like uh, showed her on the screen and she gave them the finger. Oh, the middle finger? Uh, yes, the middle finger. Oh, the worst one. And Jerry said, this woman is a jerk. I hate her. I can't believe they put her in my box, which I paid for. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you give people the finger and you get upgraded. Is this the world we're living in now? It's pathetic. Yeah. I bet that was a while ago. Well, this isn't his best joke ever. I wish her the best. But then he added, you take one A off of that and you've got gag. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> What's that? Like 2011, 2012? Uh, yeah. 2010. 2010. Yeah. Wow. You think he wouldn't make that joke anymore? No, I think she's too big now. I think you'd be afraid. No, 2010, that's when she was biggest. Now she's like doing country music and no one cares anymore. Mm, okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the soulmate. We're off to a flying start already here, Keeve. Yeah. Well, everyone wants a little bit of Lady Gaga talk. The little Gaga talk. All right. So we're talking about the second episode here in season number eight uh, with a couple of memorable things going on here. Uh, George is going to leave behind a tape recorder. Got a little bit of a love triangle going on between uh, Jerry and George. And we have the first appearance of Kevin, a.k.a. Bizarro Jerry. Kevin. I feel like there's been a lot of Home Alone talk recently, so <laughs> I'm into the Kevin. Good. Well, it always comes up around Thanksgiving time. Yeah. And also Donald Trump is in is in Home Alone. Home Alone so 2. He's, he's in Home Alone 2. That's right. Yes. yes. With the pigeons. <laughs> With the pigeon lady. Right. So, I was so scared of her when I was a kid. <laughs> If, who's scarier the pigeon lady or the guy that shovels the snow uh that's a scary guy too yeah it's a scary movie number one is like more mean-spirited <laughs> but two is scarier yeah it's creepy all right so uh we got a lot of stuff to talk through here today on this episode written by friend of the podcast peter melman from september 26 1996 keep any notes before we jump into this i got one note you know what september 26 1996 was september 26 1996 your bar mitzvah yeah how do you know that uh, i mean I I'm, that once? I'm no i'm just taking a guess i mean i know how yeah, old i mean you are and- it was my it's my bar mitzvah i think goes by your hebrew birthday I, but that's my 13th english birthday so i, I became a man uh watching this episode live, <laughs> you'd think it would be during the contest a few years earlier but <laughs> no say? no there you go all right so uh mazel tov akiva that's right i think my bar mitzvah was actually october 12th so it took a little while yeah 
Okay, so here we are, and uh, let's uh, jump into this episode because it's interesting to kick things off. Again, no stand-up here in Season 8 or any more the rest of the way, but Jerry and George are riding in the back of a taxi, and we get a lot about how uh, George is biting his nails. Uh, really no payoff to the George bites his nails storyline. I mean, it's brought up a second time, right? It's brought up on the uh, on the tape the first time it's played. They don't play it the second time. Yeah, it's sort of like um, a passing thing of that people are talking about it, but really no sort of like comedic payoff. No, no comedic payoff to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just like a thing they have. It's weird because when George plays the tape for them at the end of the episode, he should play that part because at least they'll feel a little bad. They were making fun of him like they were not totally in the clear. And then George could say, I thought you guys would be making fun of me when I left. And look, I was right. Yeah. So. Jerry and George are talking about how George is biting his fingernails. You're, are you a nail biter, Keith? I'm a nail ripper. I like to rip them. Yes. Uh, a nail ripper. Wow. Yeah. I don't um, bite them. That would be I, I, the, just like the texture of it would, would drive me insane. I'm a big texture person. That would that would that would uh, that would drive me nuts. Are you a nail biter? I'm a big nail biter. I hate it. I don't want to be a nail biter. I'd like to quit. Um but I find that, you know, as I have, uh, you know, closing in on, uh, you know, uh, four decades of this, you know, uh, I realize, you know, I tend to do it when I'm tired. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that that's probably when my resistance is the weakest. And I feel bad because uh, my son does it, too. And I feel like uh, like I like I've I don't think he does it from watching me. It just seems like it's something that like uh like baked in there. Well, if that's the worst thing you passed on to him. I think you'll be doing it right. Yeah. You know, the only things that I've done that have been sort of uh, helps me is that sometimes I'll put like uh, like a clear nail polish on and then it's like, oh, that's gross to, to eat nail polish. Wow. You really put a lot of thought into this nail biting. I mean, you've been trying to kick the habit for a long time. Is it really such a bad habit? I mean, yeah, it's I, I always gross. thought it's like cracking your knuckles like that went hand in hand when we were kids. Everyone said cracking your knuckles was bad and gives you arthritis. And now I think it's a myth. No, you know, I think is the worst part about it. Not even like that. People look at your nails and think like, I mean, I'm married like a, like a whatever, you know, that it's mm-hmm. not if uh, that's like the 100th thing that's turning my wife off at this point. Mm-hmm. But I feel yeah. like that it's the germs. I feel like the germs in your mouth. You mean? Right. Right. Now I'm getting like germs from like, uh, you know, touching everything. And now I'm putting, uh, you know, fingernails in my mouth. Terrible. Yeah, it's not ideal. But no. as far as gross, I mean, it's it's not even like a millionth of picking your nose. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but like that's like no harm, no foul. Picking your nose? Yeah. You think it's better than picking your nose? Oh, you think that you, from a health perspective? Well, no, from a grossness perspective. Like if you were talking about things that would drive your wife insane, like this is not a big deal compared to nose picking, I'm assuming. Right, but I'm not going to bite my nails uh, where I'm sitting next to my wife either. Oh, so you don't do it. So that's what you should... Instead of the nail polish, you just have her next to you all day. You won't ever bite them. Oh, OK. That's interesting. That's a good way to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So in Jerry and George's conversation, they are talking about um, that you could not get a nail clipper in prison because uh, it could be a weapon. Uh, Jerry says you could let your toenail grow really long and that's could be like a shiv. George, very odd line. He says uh, prison. I love prison. And then and what does he say? Like someday or something, right? Yeah. He loves prison. And uh, they say, uh, you know, maybe someday. I mean, how about I mean, how coordinated was this? I mean, I feel like that we've always heard that the finale was just sort of like, okay, when Larry David got back together, they sort of figured it out at that point. 
but it really feels like that at this point in the show's run that they're starting to signal we're going to prison. Let's let's look for more clues. I think this is an amazing coincidence or or they sort of reverse engineered it, which was like, well, we did say they love prison. What? Let's send them to prison. But I, I, we don't even know if Larry's watching these two seasons, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What else you is know, he doing? What else do you have to do? I, I mean, I don't know. If you left like... Go to your bar mitzvah? I mean, you were on Survivor. You still watch Survivor? No. Because you're not on anymore. It's weird to watch a show that you're not on, right? I mean, not for me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's like, uh, it, you know, I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say Larry was not watching these episodes live. Okay. All right. So we go to George at the meeting of the Susan Foundation, and they need a poem. They want one of Susan's favorite poems, and we need to know a poet that Susan likes. Uh, what po- or what poems does George like? He says, uh, Flavum. Yeah, it sounds a lot like what the scientist dude in The Simpsons always says when he talks. <laughs> yeah. When he's like trying to come up with big fake words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Wick is then talking about maybe uh, since you were the person that knew Susan best at the time of the accident, uh, George feels like that Wick is implying that he killed Susan. By the way, Wick really one of the underrated stars of, of the series. Like Wick is really good in any scene he's in. Yeah, and we sort of forget him in any sort of ranking of returning characters. Yes, oh, for sure. Yes. Like if they were, yeah, there's no, you know, Wick is really rarely talked about, but he knocks his uh, few scenes out of the park. Yeah, so the, the cough is, uh, you know, it's weird because it comes up three or four times during the episode, but also doesn't totally pay off, right? I think it's just sort of like a thing that's a runner throughout the episode. Right, but it doesn't. It's not super involved in the ending, even though it's like a major plot point for most of the episode. Yeah, it is a thing. I mean, it is a little bit of that. Jerry is able to figure out that Pam isn't into him at the end of the episode because of it. So I feel like that there's some payoff, certainly more than the fingernails. Uh, yeah, no, more than the fingernails, but it's it's more of a, a means to an end than like the actual joke of the episode. Yeah. So Jerry and George are at the diner, and George is explaining to Jerry that Wick cleared his throat. And that means he made a nonverbal implication of doubt that George potentially killed Susan. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it's hard to know if it's a cough or, you know, even even knowing that he thinks that George killed her. We're still not sure at the end of the episode if the cough was accidental or not. Right. I mean, I don't think it was accidental. I mean, I think that you end up hearing Wick very clearly say at the end of the episode, like, oh, you guys think that he killed his wife, right? Like, oh, yeah, totally. Right. We know Wick feels that way, but he doesn't necessarily want to tell George he feels that way. I mean, he doesn't say it until George is out of the room. So like the cough, I don't know. But I, I have to think that, I mean, the episode establishes that this is a thing people do when there is some sort of a d- denial of belief in what they're saying. And then we find out later in the episode that that's really what Wick thinks. So I think it's um, too much to imagine that it's some sort of like just coincidence that it happens to back up the way he actually feels. All right. I'm on your side. Okay, good. We did it. Progress. We also find out that Jerry is dating a woman named Pam. The problem is that Jerry is not Gaga over Pam. Um, I mean, Pam is uh, even for Jerry's girlfriends. Pam's a very good looking lady. Um, I, she doesn't really have a thing, though. I guess her really, job you, is kind you of... You sound gaga over Pam. No, she's just the regular... I mean, most of Jerry's girlfriends are, are, are good-looking, no? Like, that's their, that's their 
sort of through line is that they're all attractive women. Well, let me tell you this, that there have been Jerry's girlfriends that I am gaga for. Pam is not one of them. Ooh, so you're not a Pam fan. I am not. Okay. I So you think it's weird that like this is her thing, but Jerry's not crazy for her. George, uh, you know, Kramer sees something. Yeah, in her, I'm Jerry, team Jerry. Okay. Jerry is no longer team Jerry because he turns on to... Kramer. <laughs> now, again, when we talk about the appeal of Pam, we talk about her calves, which we never really see in this episode. So I can't really speak to maybe uh, some of her finer qualities. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Pam. I mean, we don't see her again. She's all right. I got no problem with her. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also find out that Elaine is having Carol, Gail, and Lisa over uh, because they all have kids. Elaine has friends with kids. We'll talk about that scene momentarily. Uh, and as uh, Jerry and George are leaving, Jerry does ask George, you know, just for the record, and George explodes. I did not. Uh, yeah. So, what he, what, I mean, he's saying that he didn't kill her. Yeah. It's like pretty subtle here. Yeah. I think that's what they're talking about. There's an implication now. I mean, does George even think that Jerry really thinks that? I mean, it's not George feels guilty, but he also didn't kill her. Mm -hmm. Like maybe maybe he is responsible for death, but not intentionally. (laughs) Yeah, I think that maybe it's sort of he won't put anything past George. He's a supervillain. George is a supervillain, but he's not a murderer. Okay. All right. Well, you sound like uh, you are a defender. I mean, I'm a defender of of the G-Man for sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. So Elaine is with the moms here. Now, Keith, how many of these people have we seen before? Um, So certainly we know Carol, right? She's the main one here. And we know her because she's from the Hamptons and originally from the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, she is well established. I'm going to see her a fourth time. Uh, we never we rarely see the husband. I think he's only in the in the Hamptons, her husband. But are I these mean, Elaine's friends at any point? Like, I know when they went out to Long Island, were they I, it was Jerry and Elaine's friends at that party that they had to go to? Yeah. But are, you're saying are these like have <laughs> have we seen these ladies before? Is that your question? No, I, I, we've certainly seen Carol before. And uh, she's uh, saying, you know, ironically, the first time uh, that we see her. About how, uh, where is my baby? But it's, she's actually talking about her uh, fiance. Uh, and then uh, Elaine says, maybe the dingo ate your baby. But we, th- these are not Elaine's friends. I mean, maybe they are. They're what, like, what was Elaine doing this summer when she wasn't in Mexico? Maybe she was hanging out with, uh, with uh, Gail and Lisa and Carol. I guess so. I mean, I, we'd have to go back to our podcast about the Hamptons. But what is the relationship between those people at the Hamptons? What do you mean? Like, how do they know each other? Yeah. There's all mutual friends. Like, who's friends? I guess. With who? I mean, if you're friends with Jerry, I think by association, you at least know Elaine and Kramer and George pretty well. OK. If you're like, a, I mean, although, of course, there are episodes where, we, you know, like Jerry, George will have George will have a friend and like some of the gang have never met him before, which seems unlikely. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, so Carol, Gail, and Lisa, we'll see them all again. We've never seen Gail or Lisa before. I like Gail and Lisa, both named Jill in real life. Um, the, the, you know, in, in The English Patient later this season, where they will be uh, appalled with Elaine for not liking The English Patient and stop being friends with her, and we won't see them again <laughs> after that. But uh, okay. I, my question would be to our single female listeners. Would of you which ever, we have many, right? Many, many, many. Write in. If you're a female, a single female listener, have you ever hung out with multiple friends of yours at your house, have you ever invited to your house more than one, but especially like three or four or whatever, 
moms. <laughs> just, you're the only single person, and you're inviting three moms over who are going to like talk to you about their kids. Right. And not like complain and be happy that they're not around their kids right. for that. Because the moms don't bring their kids to Elaine's house. Like the dads are, or the babysitters, the nannies are watching the kids. Has this ever happened <laughs> in human history where like a single woman has invited over like three moms to is it their possible? Just like, is it possible just about how great their kids are not complaining about them also? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it possible that uh, Lisa, Carol and Gail, one is coming from Long Island, one is coming from Westchester and one is coming from Jersey and Elaine is the central location. That's fine. Elaine would say, no, I'm not interested in like these ladies coming over anymore. They're just going to talk about their dumb kids, especially the one with the super ugly kid. Do you also notice in this scene when she shows Elaine the picture of the baby that the other women like either Gail or Lisa sees a picture and like and makes like, oh, that's cute. Like, what? that's such a nice baby face. So it's the baby is only ugly to the Seinfeld cast. It's like they can see things that no one else can see. They have special powers. Yeah, that's interesting. So maybe that the people that are like nice people like just yeah. at, react to a baby no matter what the baby looks like. But the Seinfeld core four are so heartless that they can actually mm -hmm. pinpoint when somebody has an ugly baby. I think that's what it is. Like, have you ever have had that where you're like, oh, I don't know what see people see. And like you watch t a TV show or a, like a movie or a, or a musician or something. And you're like, I know it's popular, but I just don't I, like, I don't know what anyone sees in it or even a person all the like, time. This person's is. Yeah. <laughs> right now. <Constantly>. Um, <laughs> I. I I, you know what I mean? It's like, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and uh, maybe that's that's them. Like, they're, they think that, like, are we crazy? But they're the only ones who see this horribly ugly baby. Yeah. Elaine talks about how uh, she did have a piece of whitefish that made her uh, very excited. That, that was something that she did love. Yeah, the whitefish gets brought up a couple times here. Again, not to, like, great end. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I wonder if that's a thing in season eight where, you know, things just get brought up multiple times, but they're not necessarily part of the plot. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll watch out for that, but it's possible. Yeah. So Jerry and George are walking down the street and Jerry is talking to George like, so Elaine was telling me about this piece of whitefish she had the other day. And George starts talking about uh, the Wick guy who doesn't uh, believe George that it was an accident with Susan. Um. Yeah. And we hear about the Jerry Lewis trick, the old Jerry Lewis trick where you put a tape recorder in a briefcase, leave it in a room to see if people are talking about you. I think nowadays it would be more of like, I think since then it's become more famous for Jay Leno, who famously hid in a closet during a big meeting when they were deciding between Leno and Letterman. Although Le Leno is a huge liar, like almost all of his stories, like one of his stories he's told a hundred times is about like a bathroom in a New York subway station, which anyone would know they don't have them on a subway. Um, like Leno's stories are all lies. So I do think even though that book has been repeated in many like legitimate books, I think it's probably apocryphal. Mm -hmm. But Leno claims he hid and listened to like one of the big business meetings when they were deciding between him and David Letterman. Okay. So, Keeve, let's just mm -hmm. talk through the tape recorder in 2016. What does that look like? What does a tape recorder look like? No, not what does a tape recorder look like? What does this scam look like in 2016? I mean, I'm sure you could go to some spy shop in the city and leave something under the desk and then just come early next time and get it. 
So you think you would go high tech and go with some sort of like bugging device of the room, which you could listen to. Like you wouldn't just like leave your iPhone with like the notes uh, or like voice memos running and then come back and say, oh, I dropped my phone. Yeah, like that would be pretty easy, too. I don't know. Some people wouldn't want to be without their phone for 10 minutes. But and also, yeah, I guess you could do that. Just leave your phone. Would you leave it in your briefcase? It might not pick up the audio, though. I don't know. I think that way if you could like leave it like in a jacket, I think then uh, sort of I think that that would potentially yeah. be better because I think yeah, you just I guess left that's the a good phone idea. so you pick up the phone and say, oh, but, but if the phone locks uh, would the voice recorder still be going. What does that look like? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think it would. Um, yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. I All think right. that's better than my stupid high tech. idea. So I'm going to start my voice recorder, but then I'm going to lock my phone and then. Oh, no. Then it looks like I think if I just hit the button, it's going to show the voice recorder going. So you got to you got to watch out for that. Somebody could pick up the phone and then even if the phone is locked. Yeah, but why can't George be taking notes of the meeting? Why? Like he could get out. it might be slightly weird, but he can get out of that. Right. Yeah. I was just taking notes of the meeting so I could like re-listen to it later. I want to you know, this is so important to me. Any any discussion of Susan, uh, you know, is it like, I, you know, keeps me going. Like They're not going to challenge him on that. They think he murdered Susan. I know, but they also didn't think he was recording them. Yeah. So I think that that's probably uh, the way you would do it at this point. Do they think he had? I wonder how they think he murdered them. Like her, did you know, did he did they think he just like made the envelopes like he put something on the envelopes? I guess that would be the easiest way to do it, right? They probably think that he knew that these cheap envelopes would kill her. And that's why he got. Them. No, I no, I, I think that they think that he put something on the envelopes. I guess that's possible. I mean, him knowing would be pretty, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah. You think that they might be able to prove that. Right. And plus, like, he could easily prove I mean, he, he could easily prove he, he didn't like he just walked into the store. Yeah. And and, you know, they suggested the envelopes and, and like the envelopes were in the book. He didn't like special order them himself. Let's go to see what's going on in Jerry's apartment. And Kramer is there by himself. Jerry's not home. Pam comes by. I thought this was very confusing in the watching of the episode. Kramer can't talk. And I, you don't know why until the next scene, why Kramer is unable to generate a sound while Pam comes in. Right. In hindsight, it's funnier. But when, when you're watching it the first time, it's very confusing. Although, I, I mean, Michael Richards does about as good a job as he possibly can do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, considering he can't speak and he makes one like loud noise at the end. But it's a confusing scene. I agree. Yeah. And so I thought that maybe like Kramer took like a vow of silence. You know, I didn't remember exactly what was going on in this episode when I started watching it this morning. But he is so taken with Pam. Uh, but she is in a rush to um, go get to the movie. But uh, he's in love, Kramer. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, really love at first sight. I mean, he I assume has never seen this woman before. And it's, uh, you know, he's smitten right away. Smitten with Pam. And so then we see Kramer with Newman and uh, he talks about how he is in love with Jerry's girlfriend, Pam. It's forbidden love. She works in a bookstore. He can't even speak in front of her. She's a delicate beauty. And Newman says Jerry wouldn't know delicate beauty if it bludgeoned him in the head. Um, I mean, what does that even mean? Like Der- Jerry like dates a model every week. Kramer, <laughs> you're talking trash. Yeah. And so we get this idea of the soulmate, Akiva, one mm. perfect angel who were put mm. on this earth for. Do you believe in the idea of a soulmate? Um, no, 
Definitely not. You do not. Okay, good. I see. I thought you were gonna, uh, you know, pussyfoot around this. No, no, for did. sure. It's a, it's an absurd idea. Like, I feel like anyone who married me would hate me. Yes. Equally, basically. Yes. However, like, I have friends whose wives like really like them, mm-hmm. and I feel like that type of guy, like, he could have married, you know, any number of like hundreds of women, and they many been- soulmates. Yeah, basically, there's, you know, there's different types of people, but the type of person who's in, like, this fantastic marriage where, like, you know, like, I have friends, like, my friend, like, joked about himself dying, uh, and, you know, and, and like, his wife got all sad. It's like, don't even joke about that. Mm-hmm. If I joked about myself dying, my wife would, like, cross her fingers, you know? Yeah, like, maybe that's why you're soulmates. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the... She gets the, you. Yeah, well, maybe. The, um... The uh, the type of per- like and also I, there's certain types of guys and I'm saying guys, but men and women who are very easy to get along with. I feel like they would have had like a very easygoing, happy marriage to any one of basically. I mean, I know people who like marry the first girl they ever dated and, mm-hmm. by, you know, and women, same thing. And that, that type of person, assuming they're in like a really good marriage now, if it was 10 years later, they could have married anybody, half the people on Earth and they'd be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in the soulmate either. My wife does. My wife does. And, and, and she thinks you're her soulmate? Well, I don't know if I put it in those exact on the words. <laughs> but, you know, we have talked about this, about how, you know, we're together, you know, forever, even beyond this life. And I told her that. Oh, she locked you down for the for the next, like for the afterlife? For eternity. Why? You didn't you didn't like. Did your vows mention eternity? Well, I said, no, I'm out after this. I'm only doing alive and Mm -hmm. I'm not going past this. The problem is like, I feel like most people are going to stick with their, their spouse. So you're like, you're, you might have slim pickings in the afterlife, you know, Mm. you're going to have to like break up a marriage that's been going on for like a thousand years, a thousand years. (laughs) No, there's single people. I don't know. Someone who... They're single, like, yeah, they're single people, but, you know, I like, hmm, I mean, a single person, but let's say the single person died in, like, 1650. They've been single for 400 years. They're going to have a lot of bad habits you're not going to want to have to deal with. What, like nail biting? Oh, I mean, forget about it. No, I mean, I, that was probably the only way to get rid of your nails back in the day was to bite them. Probably. They probably just grew their nails out, to be fair. It was probably like a, like a fashion thing to just somebody who's been single out. since 1650. You would think that they would meet somebody by now. Up there? Oh, wait, wait, like in your when you guys have this conversation, is this in heaven or hell? Uh, that wasn't discussed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you might not both go to the same place. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, you should, you, you know, that's like, uh, oh, man, that would mm-hmm. your wife would be super annoyed. Yeah. Well, which <laughs> for in what scenario? Well, she'd be like, be, if it was her in hell and you in heaven. Oh, yeah. Forget that. Forget, forget it. That. She would yeah. they, like they, they would actually send her up. They would be so, you know. They would get so sick of her. Oh, she would be um, so mad. She would be like, yeah, she's so uh, mad. Like, She'd go bananas if she was if she was up there. If she was down there and you were up there, uh, and then she'd be like, "I don't even know what he's doing. Who's he with? All these nice girls in heaven. Right? I don't trust him. Right? Yeah. I mean, you uh, should but, see how mad she gets if somebody parks in front of our driveway. If they told oh, yeah, her like, yeah, yeah. oh, you have to go to hell now.' That, um, that's what hell is. It's just someone parking it for her. <laughs> just someone parking in front of her driveway. In the driveway. Sure. <laughs> she can't move her car. Like. There's all these great places to go to, but she's blocked in and the cars yeah. won't move. 
You call the tow company and they're definitely in hell, but they don't help you. Yeah, she'd give somebody a piece of her mind if that's if that was the call that was made. And if you were in hell and she was in heaven, there would be so much. I don't know if you could send messages back and forth, but there would be so much. I told you so is going on. It's all those. It's all that sarcasm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you should have been more serious and you would have been you would have been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think they make that happen. I think for you. (laughs) I think that they give you like the jail visits and they, they allow the person to come in and, and you get you get like conjugal visits in, in not hell? conjugal visits, just like the sort of like you can sit there and like through the phone and they just like tell you like, oh, yeah, you should have okay. listened. I told you. Like, oh, all right. Yeah, all right. This does not sound too great. The more we talk about it, this whole heaven and hell thing sounds like a disaster, to be honest. OK, There's just so many more problems. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, that we also find out in this episode that Newman is a bit of a poet. Uh, He talks about how that for one winsome tulip, we ceaselessly yearn for throughout our dreary workaday lives. You, my friend, you found your angel. I can tell for my heart has also been captured by a breathless beauty whom I fear I will never possess. Uh, there's two funny moments in this episode where both Jerry and Kramer say to Newman after he goes through one of his poetry readings, like, I thought we were talking about me. Yeah, Newman is really, uh, they do build that well, where Newman spends a couple times talking about like his infatuation with Elaine. Yeah. Uh, before we realize what he's talking about. Even. Okay. So that we find out from Newman, he uh, is going to push Kramer to try to steal Pam from Jerry. I mean, I, I love that, you know, Newman here is like, he's almost practical. Like normally he's doing things to annoy Jerry, but here it's more like he b- actually believes in true love. Yes. Okay. Then we get to where Elaine and George and Jerry are on the street and they're talking about how People need to procreate. There's a life force, mollusks, they procreate. Elaine is saying, why? Why do I have to have a baby? Uh, Because I can. I don't need to have a baby. And we have this conversation overheard by a man named Kevin who agrees with Elaine. Yeah. And by the way, like I lived in Manhattan for a lot of my life. The the success rate on like interrupting someone else's conversation with your like one liner on the street. Like maybe in a bar it will work on the street or on the subway. I think historically is zero percent all time. What would you say to this person? Uh, you ignore them because you assume they're insane <laughs> or it's like mind your own bleeping business. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I I'm, can't really wrap my head around what his character is. He's just like very much like prone to suggestion. Uh, yeah, He's very unsure of himself. Yeah. Now, by the Bizarro Jerry, though, I feel like he doesn't have this uh, character trait anymore. No, maybe he's a different man (laughs) next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we have George back at the meeting and he's really trying to act like he is very concerned about Susan. He says that he asks uh, every day, why wasn't it him? Why couldn't it have been him? And then he very quickly goes from that. It's like, okay, got to go and leaves the, the briefcase on the table. He was a little bit too over the top about it also to ott yeah yeah and we see george on the street biting the fingernails uh and then he goes back upstairs and picks up the briefcase again he's a little bit like you should be a little bit more discreet but i there's no reason to think that they were really suspicious of what he's doing here all right yeah not super subtle uh we see elaine and kevin at the diner and we find out that kramer has had two double fudge sundays i actually don't like this scene at all okay Tell me why. I think it's too shoehorned in. It's like we need Kramer to find out that he's got an actual shot with Pam because Jerry's not crazy about her. 
it just seems too weird that he's walking in. It's it, it's almost like they wrote this after the episode. Like it, he's he's walking in. Elaine is like giving him a piece of information. It's like parrot style storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's like the 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 lost creators. Damon Carlton always used to say like a lot of times the fans just want us to like have a canary come out and like sing all the answers to people mm-hmm. to let them know what's happening. I feel like this is like a canary singing answers. Yeah, sing. it's a fair point. You know, Elaine and Kevin are talking about why Elaine is a good person. And of course, you know, Kramer has chocolate on his face and uh, Elaine is telling him that you have the chocolate on your face. And he explains why he had the double fudge Sundays. And Elaine says, you know, Jerry has one of those every time he bombs. So you sort of like, oh, okay. In this universe, people eat hot fudge Sundays when something bad is happening. Right. And why did you, why did Kramer have two? I don't. Well, he's doubly sad. I guess. Yes. And you needed Elaine to bring up Jerry. And then he says, oh, I get that he'll share one with Pam. And Elaine explains, no, he's not Gaga about her. Not mm-hmm. hot and heavy with Pam. Not Germanata about her. No. Okay. So George somehow has waited until he got to Jerry's apartment to listen to the tape recorder. He's like, uh, you would think that he would have probably played it on the way over, but he gets there and notices something has happened to his briefcase. Very ripped. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, the thing is like, how did he get home? Did he walk home? Did he take the train, the, the, like the subway? It, there aren't a lot of opportunities to just like play back a thing and be able to hear it. Is he going to play it at Monk's? doesn't have headphones lying around. It's, no, people didn't have headphones lying around uh, in 1996. Mm-hmm. I mean, is the foundation across the street from Jerry's house? I don't think okay. so. So we keep, can you explain to me the logistics of how the suitcase got broke and the tape recorder stopped recording? I mean, this is an interesting question, right? Um, are they telling the truth about what they claim happened? Right. I think the show is trying to imply that they are right. We don't have any, I mean, we might have re like, they don't trust him, so why not open up his briefcase when he leaves, if they notice that he left it? I'm, it's unclear if they notice he left mm-hmm. it. Uh, but if you're asking for, like, the way it's portrayed on screen, how did it happen? I mean, right, the guy get the guy is moving a chair. Right. Chair falls on the briefcase. The chair falls on the briefcase. Doesn't sound so crazy. Like, does he fall backwards? Like, I've been, like, reclining. They have, like, reclining right. type chairs there. I've been reclining on chairs and I've fallen backwards before, made a fool out of myself. Like, maybe that's sort of what happened. And sure, it broke the briefcase, but why did it make the recorder stop recording? Yeah, and what's like the, oh my God, what are you doing? Oh my, it's what are you doing? Oh my God, right? Like, that's a, it's a lot. Right. Where is the uh, metal clink? Maybe that's the chair falling? I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't seem, I mean, I can understand if like, oh, a chair fell on the briefcase and the briefcase got flattened and the tape recorder got broken. But why would the stop recording button get hit? I mean, I guess if it bounced up and down, like that's a kind of a big floppy button just has to get hit. That's the least crazy part. I think that it stopped recording. No, Um, probably, probably. Yeah, we need a low rumble and a metallic squink. Those are the noises that we need. All right. So that they are rewinding the tape so that they could listen to it. And uh, kind of a funny beat goes on a while, about like 30 seconds of just Jerry and George in silence as they rewind the tape. Yeah, it's funny that they committed to such a long bit here. Uh, This is sort of a time capsule where the, the real millennials and Generation Z or whatever it's called will like maybe they could appreciate a little bit how you would have to like wait for you wanted to watch uh you know a video if they know what a video is like you want to watch a vhs or listen to a a tape and you'd really like most of the time have to rewind it first and like 
the idea that you'd have to rewind a blockbuster video or you could get fined mm-hmm. be kind please please rewind like that's insane now right like yeah. you just want to you want like i get mad if um you know like it takes a third of a second to like load a video i want to mm-hmm. watch no like you know there you'd have to I think rewinding a a full movie was probably like five minutes, right? Yeah, probably. You, you, people used to have like their own like tape rewinders. Like you had, there was like a device that only did tape rewinding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should start up like a business now that just sells tape rewinding. <laughs> yeah. The hipsters. They're probably like, you could probably get them on like eBay for a hundred dollars now. I feel like they're in demand. Okay. Probably there's not that many that work still. There's people, I don't know if you've been to houses like this. The, you know, there's people who like still have a lot of VHSs out near their TV, you know, right. station in their house. And you ask them like what they're going to do. And it's like, I got to get someone like I want to put they have all these memories, right? They have like, you know, Johnny's seventh birthday and his sixth birthday and his bar mitzvah and his, you know, Quinson era. And <laughs> those things are never those things are never going to be at this point. They're never going to be gone through like nobody has VHS capabilities anymore and like there are that you could find online you could definitely find businesses that will do yeah. it for you but you would have done it already if you were going to do it you <laughs> know what fair. i mean that's right i do think that they, like those things are going to be lost forever like i've seen businesses where it's like you send them like a box of your vhs tapes and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they turn it into DVD. what dvds yeah. which won't even right by the time they send it back like won't even work anymore like how would you play a dvd now yeah i mean it is almost like a novelty <laughs> like to my kid to put on like a dvd movie and not just something that's on the uh like dvr totally like sometimes you'll see like a sale uh it'll be like you know seasons one through 20 like seasons one through six of the wire one through five of the wire um you know 1999 and i'm like wow that's a great deal then i think like yeah but it's if it was one dollar i wouldn't buy right. it <laughs> yeah like why well, i have hbo go like i would literally i don't know how they still make dvds of it i know there's a lot of people out there that listen that have reasons for watching dvds i know everyone watches differently now but it just for me i would ne- there's no scenario where i would watch a dvd like my kid was like found a draw with like a lot of old dvds and i was like no don't play with them like actually i don't care that's like the best toy you could play with we're never going to use those things again scratch them up i don't <laughs> use them as coasters yeah okay so then let's talk about where uh they play the tape and we hear the uh did anybody notice george's fingernails uh dear god and then we have the noises uh kramer comes in and he needs to talk to jerry he doesn't want george to be in the conversation it's rough right i don't know have you ever been in like you're the third wheel and they were like, you actually you can't you can't stay. Yes. Here. You can't listen. To yes. This. You have been. I feel like um, that it's it happens. And I'm just in that situation. I'm like, uh, OK, I'll be out of here. I'm gone. Yeah, I guess it's things a little bit, but it depends on who's who the two people are. Yeah. And so that it's funny that Kramer takes the chair and just like pulls George out of the room. Yeah. The bit where because you forget about him, there's like a minute to or two conversation here. When Kramer opens the door again, you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot George is outside. And it's actually a really funny gag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kramer, what's on his mind? He loves Pam. She's the kind of woman that can bring home the bacon and fry it in the pan. In the pan. Yeah. Beautiful name, Pam. Pam, she has nice hair. The only thing about Pam is that Kramer would replace the gator clip with a velvet scrunchie. Yeah. Who knew Kramer had like so many opinions on on like. Air product. Yeah. Uh, scrunchy, uh, weird fetish for Kramer. 
Right. Very 90s, I think, also. I don't, you don't hear much about the scrunchie anymore. Mm-hmm. It needs a better publicist. Yeah. Okay. And now, the fact that Kramer likes Pam, now Jerry's back in on Pam. I think as guys, we want, like, you know, it, it, like, if nobody wanted Pam, it's like, oh, who cares? But now that Kramer wants her, it's a competition. It's back, it's on. back on. Of course you want her. It's back on. Okay. Uh, Kramer goes back and huddles up with Newman. Now... Jerry wants her more than ever. The problem for Kramer, he just can't speak around Pam. And if only he could think of what to say. If only he had a poet like Newman whispering in his ear. Imagine being like so in love you couldn't speak in front of somebody because you were like nervous about their beauty. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, boy. um, I think that my wife probably would wish that this was uh, the case in our relationship. All she says is you talk too much. All you do is talk, talk, talk. My wife actually lost her voice today. Yes. And I was thinking, like, I could do anything and, like, I'll probably hear about it two days from now, but, I, you know, it's sort of, she'll probably have calmed down. Yeah, you would like, think she so. could get super mad at me. She's not, I'm not getting yelled at it for at least a day. Yeah, but it could be like one of those, like, leftovers type thing where she gets, like, a pad. Oh, for and a sure. Marker. It could be pent up and then, like, just when I think she still lost her voice, it, it comes out. It's like, oh my God, I thought you couldn't speak anymore. No, no, she'll figure it out. <laughs> she'll text you. It'll be no good. Yeah. And all caps. Yeah. What do you think about the Kramer Newman uh, Cyrano de Bergerac story? Uh, here or the next? No, scene? just, so, well, just that, that we're doing this. I don't mind getting Newman involved here. It's Is it like hilarious? No, but I like this idea of like Newman is like this doctor of love. Yeah, I mean, I go back to the Newman King Solomon story that we did in the Mm -hmm. previous season. I just don't know. Why are we doing this without any sort of a interesting wrinkle on this? The Kramer Mm -hmm. Cyrano de Bergerac story. I guess I I, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, is this the is this like the main story of the episode? It's just like, let's get Newman involved. How could we get Newman involved? Yeah. Just a little on the nose, and I'm not talking about the Steve Martin Roxanne that Akiva has not seen. No, I've heard of it. I know, I know like the picture, <laughs> big nose, right? Yeah, but, but it's the same thing. I forget who was the person, uh, or, or no, he was the person telling somebody else what to say. It, to me, the telling what to say is such a trope that I, you know, I, it's happened more times since than before. But they definitely didn't invent it here, obviously. And it's just too sitcom Yeah. I feel like that this episode overall is uh, pretty sitcom and cartoony at times. Yeah, it is cartoony. I mean, there's literally like almost cartoon music over over the montage scene that we'll get to in a minute. But that I mean, that's so cartoony. It's not even cartoony anymore. Yeah, right? No, it's ridiculous. They're chasing each other around with like the knockoff Mission Impossible music. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. So George is playing the tape for Elaine. They're going through the noises and sort of naming them the metallic squink. And Elaine is like really indignant to George. Have you considered just asking what happened to the briefcase? Um, It's like, Elaine, what show have you been on the last eight seasons? Right. (laughs) Is that that's not how George operates. But it is a good idea. Like you don't have to the the issue is not the tape recorder. You'll get the answer to the tape recorder if you start by asking about the briefcase. Mm-hmm. Like, terrible job by George here. Yeah. All right. So here comes Jerry. I'm not sure uh, what he was doing, but that he is gaga for Pam. Uh, when did that happen? That he's, he now is because that he found out that Kramer wants her. Yeah. I love when, when Elaine says, when did that happen? He's like, yeah, yesterday about six. Yeah. and so we get into this idea of what jerry and george will say to convince a woman 
that they are into her. And just to say that Kevin, because he doesn't want to have kids, they say, well, don't believe that. He's just trying to get you. Uh, you can't take his word at face value. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like that they go back and forth here with like lies they've told to women. To but women their lies that. are so dumb. You know, George has one that's like, I once told a woman I like spending time with my family. Um, does George say, I once told a woman that I coined the phrase, pardon my French. I mean, that just seems like a crazy lie, not necessarily like something he would need to convince her that was like untrue. You know what I mean? I feel like that that's not the same thing as this. Right. I, their idea is just like, at the time, I'll literally anything will come out of my mouth if I think that's what will help me, you know, 1% with the, with this woman. I'm mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And so... But they could have... If your problem is they could have come up with funnier things, I don't disagree. <laughs> right. Um, that uh, did... Jerry tell a woman that he doesn't like cake. Uh, yeah, because it goes right to his thighs. Yes. I mean, again, that's I mean, if we're just coming up with like what are like inane things they told a woman. Sure. But I feel like that that's not the same list as lies you told a woman to impress her. Right. So I mean, you once told your wife you'd be together in the afterlife. And now you want to take it back. <laughs> I once told her that I didn't want to be together in the afterlife. Yeah, too late. You should have you should have made that clear beforehand. <laughs> All right, let's go to the bookstore. I wonder if that would have been a deal breaker if you had said that like before. Before, before you got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it might have been a deal breaker. I, I mean, I don't know that. I guess that uh, that is that a post snub? A little bit, like a very like a like a, a real you know post post <laughs> almost. All right, so Kramer and Newman are at the bookstore, and uh, there's Pam. And Newman is going to stand behind a bookshelf and whisper into Kramer's ears and tell him what to say. Uh, Newman has a really uh, creepy opening line. Uh, Do I smell Pantene? How is Newman able to smell Pantene from 20 feet away? Well, maybe it's just his line and it happens to be that it's a popular shampoo and that's what she's wearing. But maybe it's like, uh, you know, you're, it's just an opener and it's and it's a coincidence that he's right. Or maybe Newman has this incredible nose. I don't know. Some people have a great sense of smell. OK. And so uh, that, yes, it actually happens to be Pantene and that uh, she got it from a sample that was in the junk mail. Uh, very funny moment that you see Kramer go into a rant about how there really is no such thing as junk mail. Yeah, you don't see Newman sort of putting in his ear, but and it's all happening pretty quickly. But <laughs> yeah, it is. It is funny. That's like a hate crime to say to a male. Yeah, do you know how much manpower it takes? And so uh, then you <laughs> see Kramer like elbows him through the bookshelf. And then uh, Newman gets back into it about how it's uh, it's human to be moved by a fragrance and uh, that he is going ahead and telling her about this poem from this unknown 20th century poet and uh, that she asks, what's his name? I I felt like that was weird to ask when he said it's from an unknown 20th century poet. And she said, what's his name? I mean, I thought that. Right. If he had said little known or like obscure. Right. Then you ask unknown means like name has been lost. to history. I just told you it's unknown. Yeah. Very stupid. (laughs) Bad job by them. All right. So Elaine and Kevin are hanging and uh, Kevin, his whole life has changed. And uh, Elaine is like, look, I know, you know, you're just saying this. And we find out Kevin got a vasectomy. Uh, Yeah. Pretty rash decision. But, you know, Elaine will make men do crazy things. Keeve, boy, the recovery time on these vasectomies is pretty good in this episode. 
Yeah, I mean Kramer hops out of the uh, hops out of the doctor's office. I mean he's in pain, but he's walking. Yeah, immediately. Everybody is just boom, uh, getting ready for the vasectomy. From what I understand, uh, and I have not had a vasectomy. Uh, if anybody was interested, but probably not. So uh, that, uh, from what I understand, though, I think there's like a couple day recovery time on that. Um, you, like, is it is it an in? Do you have to stay in the hospital? No, or I think is that they it do it, and then they send you home. Uh, a friend of mine who got it, I think that is what they told him was that a lot of times guys get it done like over like the first weekend of March Madness because you really like you're probably going to yeah. be like you know that you know sit down. And, you know, watch TV for a couple of days. Yeah, it happens to be a good idea. Yeah, and I, uh, The problem is like that's all the urologists must be so booked. That probably. Yeah, that's tough. They must be working like 24 hours a yeah. day. How are they filling out their brackets? These urologists. Also, Ken Bone, uh, the face of the alt middle, uh, he swears by vasectomy. That's that's uh, alt center. Alt center. Alt <laughs> center. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> but really i mean that uh kevin got the vasectomy not even a limp or anything not even an ice pack yeah no listen ken is tough he's got some flaws but uh he's tough yeah okay so jerry goes to see pam in the bookstore and he comes to tell her that he's very happy about the relationship and she says uh well that's um <clears throat> nice and she turns around and jerry sees a velvet scrunchie um yeah so he's he's really gotten to her i don't even know like i live in a house with a bunch of women <laughs> you know i have my wife my i have, I have a, a daughter who's almost 11 and another one who's like somewhere less than 11 but more than like a baby i don't know something like mm-hmm. that uh and then my son is essentially like another girl because he's got two older sisters i don't know what uh like scrunchies or any like i couldn't name any of these hair pieces i see them all around in the bedroom in the bathroom but like I don't know the names of them, let alone have opinions on what looks good or yes, not. Yes, that's like Kramer is uh, really in touch with uh, beauty products. Yeah, he's really into this velvet scrunchie. That's his thing. There's a lot of hair clips and buns <laughs> and bows, and I don't know what's going on. All right. So we then see back at the apartment where uh, Jerry sees Newman coming out of Kramer's apartment. Uh, Newman, we don't know necessarily if Kramer is home, uh, but Newman is just coming in and out of Kramer's apartment. How's Pam? Uh, Tata, and he runs away, and Jerry chases Newman, and we have this chase scene, potentially one of the most uh, absurd or laughable, but not in a good way moments. I mean, and we've seen the scenes like this before in the past. Uh, we had a two-hour episode where the cable guy chases Kramer. Uh, we also have the scene where like Kramer is like runs through Central Park looking for the bathroom, which I guess is yeah. uh, not exactly the same as this. But this, I mean, this did not work for me on any level. Well, the craziest part is that Jerry wouldn't be able to catch Newman right away. Mm-hmm. That's the single craziest part. Crazier than the montage or, you know, but the least realistic part. Jerry would catch Newman in two seconds flat. Uh, Jerry won the race. He's fast. Newman is fat, slow, out of shape. This is this is a, a blowout. I and mean, Jerry's catching Newman immediately. Yeah. OK. Um, but obviously, yes. But a, in, seriously, like the montage is doesn't do anything. They, they don't have good music. I, I call it like the fit. It's like. Sounds a little bit like the Mission Impossible music, but like a MIDI of it. If you remember, like the old like like MIDI file, which was like the bad version of music. I don't know if you remember that from yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two days. 
That's what this is, basically. And they're like running like past each other. I mean, I don't even know yeah. what it's like outside of the universe of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, literally, like, the Bugs Bunny cartoon. He may have as well, like, fallen off a cliff and... Like, and got like, hit with an anvil. Or something. Um, totally. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. All right, so... Like, like had his, like, taken his, like, gone outside, uh, you know, Newman hit Jerry over the head with, like, his mail cart. I mean, they should have at least, like, added in really ridiculous things. Yeah, and so we catch Newman, and, of course, he has the bag from the bookstore, and so... Now that we see that Jerry's in Newman's apartment and uh, this is the deal they get that they want Newman wants access to Elaine. I mean, I feel like that Newman doesn't ultimately get anything here. Well, he wants information about Elaine. Okay. And he gets a little bit of information. Yeah. What? That she likes vasectomies or she doesn't she doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. She doesn't want to have kids. That's like information you can use. I mean. I guess so. I mean, this does not seem like uh, that's going to be the difference between, uh, you know, Elaine dating Newman and not. No, it won't be the difference, but at least it's something. I guess so. All right. So we go back to uh, Kevin and Elaine and they're talking and uh, Kevin doesn't understand why Elaine isn't more excited about the vasectomy. And Kevin sort of like uh, says, oh, you see, I always do this. You know, I always just get excited about something and then I go too far with it. And he talks about how he got a jet ski and Elaine sort of like weirdly changes the subject about how sometimes she thinks about getting a, a short haircut and Kevin is like, yeah, really short hair. Um, yeah, he's super into the short hair. Why? I, some guys like short hair. Okay. I mean, it's a thing. I don't know. I, you don't, you not like short hair. I mean, it depends. And uh, I mean, in, in a vacuum, I like longer hair. Yeah, and I I'll make an admission here. I um is just how I'm how I'm wired. I I I can't be attracted to someone with short hair. I mean, I think that there are people I'm out immediately. There's I'm out not immediately. one person if with you, short hair that you could find attractive. I don't think I no I don't think so. It's not possible. Yeah. I don't think so. That I just I I'd rather like, uh, you know, if you had like the world's number one supermodel but she cut her hair short and then you had like a frumpy like soccer mom who had long hair? I feel like I would I would choose the soccer mom over the over like the supermodel. What are you a hairist? I l- listen. It's this is just it's in my heart. You can't you you know you can't like uh, you can't change it. I just don't like short hair. Hmm. How short? Yeah. How short? Is it like well? I'm mean, okay if it's down to the neck, you're out. But then shoulders, you're in. Well, this Elaine haircut for sure. So okay, the Elaine haircut for sure. So I mean, but there has to be a, a cutoff. Where it's like, okay, this is a non-starter, and then one month later, like, okay, now yeah, this person sure. is a ten. Yeah, call me back when you call me back when you when you know it, it grew out a little bit. Yeah. Um, wow, keep. I, I mean, know I you say were this, that vain. I, I'm not vain. It's just like biologically, I cannot think a woman is attractive if they have short hair. And so I don't know why. That's it. Wow. Um, Listen, I say this as like a fat schlubby guy who's gonna have no hair <laughs> soon. So <laughs> take it. Take it, you know, with a, like the, the glass. <laughs> You're like George, who wouldn't date the bald woman. Totally, totally, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I feel like I'd rather date a bald woman than short hair, though. Yeah. No, that I mean, there's. Yeah, I think I could do bald. So that look, that I'm sure. Oh, that no would, question. That, I'm not saying they're ugly. Obviously, they're beautiful. I'm you just have saying, a like thing. biologically. You have a problem. Yes. Yes. I just it, like it. It just wouldn't do anything. For me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, somewhere uh, down the road, Scott St. Pierre is uh, sending us a message to get uh, his opinion on this. Uh, I mean, I, I hope I don't get like hate mail from like short haired women. Yeah. 
I love I love everybody. I just uh, you know, it's I didn't choose to be. I like guess the question I is, what is the cutoff for how short you need? What I, I think if someone could like draw like send pictures like this is a one a two a three not an attractiveness i mean like uh like level one like this is a, elaine's haircut is very short, Too short right i mean in the next episode so is that like a two out of ten or something in terms the of the thing length? is it's like that they yeah, sort of i don't know how they you know why at this point it just seems like they made it a plot point like i don't know she she wanted to cut her hair and they made it a plot point in the episode uh and they actually referenced the when she like at one time i straightened my hair um Mm-hmm. And, and then she does have shorter hair in the next episode. So it's not like it's a wig, but it, it's definitely styled differently in the next episode. Right. And it's brought up and then like she starts to grow it out long. Again. Yeah. OK. So it, but it's just so bizarre that she just like like spur of the moments like, yeah, and I should cut my hair. But like the last time she changed her hair, I think we like thought it was for a role. So who knows? Maybe she had like some commercial. She was interested <laughs> that we don't know. They needed her to cut her okay. hair. All right. So we see Jerry and George. And uh, George has a diorama of the conference room. One fourteenth the scale. That can't be right, Keeve. Uh No, it's got to be like one four thousandth the scale. How small, how small is this conference room? Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's one foot and the conference room is 14 feet across, but I think that this is a bigger. No, no, that's absurd. It's like it's it's like a fourth of the briefcase. <laughs> which was in the conference room. It's like one four thousandth of the concert. <laughs> All right. So um, that he has the diorama and uh, he thinks that the M&M should be George. George is being the red Power Ranger. Yeah. Is that a Power Ranger? Or is it a knockoff? uh, I think it's a Power Ranger. I'm not sure. It may be a knockoff Power Ranger, but it's some sort of a Power Ranger. I mean, the Power Rangers might have just gotten super big, like right then. I think at that point. And so George says that he is the target of a big conspiracy. And uh, Jerry says that he's not ready for this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good conspiracy. I'm not sure why he, I'm not sure why, like, Jerry's not interested in it. It's, it's actually kind of interesting and fun. Yeah, he doesn't want to go there with him. I mean, he's the one that gives him the Jerry Lewis idea. Yeah, no, Jerry was, like, very <laughs> instrumental into this happening, and now he's bailing on George, because George is kind of losing his mind, but in the end, George is yeah. right. Like, they're both right. George is right that they were talking about him and assume that he killed her, and they're, you know, they're, they're, you know right in that uh george is a lunatic okay so pam comes up and george is leaving he says this thing is like an onion the more layers you peel the more it stinks and uh that she wants to break it off with jerry leaving jerry for kramer history i'm not sure if it's kind to that decision yeah that's right (laughs) and so um that she is uh going to be uh going off with kramer yeah insane yeah and so uh, she has a crush on him and Kramer was like listening at the door and um, that she says that, um, you know, that she has feelings for both of them. I mean, how could you even like be attracted to both these guys? They're so different. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have not uh, really been in a love triangle, Keeve, believe it or not. So I could not <laughs> I could not really tell you what's going on. Like I barely have had. I mean, in the after. Listen, assuming you guys both go to the good place. And you find, you know, you find, uh, I mean, do you have like a person in mind, like someone from history or something? Somebody, uh, a historical person? Uh, yeah. No, 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 I don't really have anybody in mind. Okay, but you find some lady. Yeah. And I mean, your wife is going to make life very difficult for, for you guys. So it's going to be a love triangle. Boy, I didn't think of it that so way. Be prepared to be one in the afterlife like this. She's not just going to let you off. Like, she might find her own dude, but just to like get back at you. 
but she's still gonna, you know, I I feel like her and your your new floozy, it's gonna get ugly. Mm. Just warning you right now. Yeah. Um, boy, this is a complicated scenario. Yeah, Rob, this might be worth. It might be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. You know, I think that what if what if like you stay married to her, but she gives you like four freebies in heaven. Four freebies in heaven. Uh, yes. Yeah. Eternal. Yeah, I, I think I probably would just be like, you know, I'm ready to go back. Like, throw me back, throw me back in on Earth. Yeah, I'll go be reincarnated as what? You're not. You don't get to be a person every time. There's like billions of ants, and there's you know trillions of ants and bugs and whatever. There's only like six, seven billion people. Like you, you could be a turtle next time. I mean, that, that's what you believe. Come back as an animal? No, but I, <laughs> not. I mean, I don't believe that. But like. And just in this hypothetical world, I feel like if you just said reincarnated, I didn't say. Yeah. That. So if you're reincarnated, it's definitely as a person. It could be as like a painting. Uh, you can't be a reincarnated as a painting. Why not? Why <laughs> not? What is this? You're, Ghostbusters I mean, two? If you've even seen oh, that? Is that, like with the scary. Yeah. Uh, but I, I get it. There's like paintings that talk. Let <laughs> uh, We're way off the beaten path here. <laughs> uh, Pam is uh, getting upset uh, because uh, Kramer says. That uh, they're soulmates and Jerry says, why can't I be soulmates? And Kramer says, uh, you know, Pam wouldn't want you to be the father of her children. Pam doesn't even want children. Uh, yeah. Who knew the Pam, the bookstore lady doesn't want children. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. What do you th- let me ask you a question? Maybe we'll offend people, but let's let's be honest. If we haven't yet. Right. I, I'm Listen, anyone who's easily offended, shut this off in episode four. <laughs> We're up to like one thirty something. Um, as a as a person with kids yeah. and I'm also a person with kids. What do you how do you feel when you see older couples who by choice by choice don't have any smart kids? you're jealous of them yeah not people are waiting I mean like people you see them and they're in their 50s or 60s and they chose not to have kids and this is this is like they don't have any kids and they're not gonna have any kids yeah well actually those people um it's like uh, if I see people that are like my age and they don't have kids I say smart but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like at that smart. point, um that, that's probably like that the kids are grown that hopefully yeah. you're not responsible for them anymore and then it's like hopefully if you did a decent job right yeah. it's like people that like you know that they had like a you know they had like a mortgage and it's like ah like a sucker got a mortgage payment every month ha 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 look at me mm-hmm. you paying taxes i'm renting and then like 20 years right. later they own a house and i'm still renting yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a very good analogy, by the yeah. way. That's pretty good. So it's like, I think yeah. you sort of like, then it's like you're out. Hopefully your kids are like 20, 25 years old, but you know, these gen Z, whatever, are probably going to still be, yeah. you know, living with me until they're, you know, 50 years old. Right. So you're jealous of the people who have the kids later or haven't had them yet. <laughs> Although then they have to be old. If they're planning on having kids, then they have to be old dads. Yeah, that's fine. You know? I, they, they, I mean, they it's should like, probably it's, just, it's smart now, but just like what you're saying, to keep up like the mortgage analogy, you know, it's smart now, but, you know, just like you're going to wish you paid off your mortgage when you're, you know, still renting and you're you're like, ah, you know, I don't have to. I'm not, settled, you know, tied down this mortgage. Like when you're like 62 and you're like, oh, my God, NYU is like one hundred forty thousand dollars a year now because it's like you're two thousand. Yeah. Well, no, then I think at that point, <laughs> you know, then you say that you wait, you, you should have just like, you know, not, you know, adopted, a you know, a 15 year old or a pup. <laughs> just had a pup no, don't even get a dog. <laughs> adopt a 15 year old that's not bad because then they might still take care of yeah you. yeah you still got you a know. shot because that's the thing like when you're the 50 year old without the kids then it's like well who's gonna take care of me you know yeah you take a 15 year old and they'll they'll you know you do a good job like they'll still you know uh maybe maybe take care of you after like the 
the you know hopefully one of my kids will be like i'd say by the time they're 25 be able to like fully support me while I could just stay yeah, home and do nothing all day. And the 15 year old might appreciate it. Like they like, uh, Hey, you remember that you were in that orphanage? Like you remember that yeah. you were, you, do you <laughs> totally. want to go back there? Oh, you want, Oh, you want totally. to stay? Oh, okay. Well, I, I think you should change your tone. I don't want to hear how, how, how I'm not even uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I think my, right. My kids don't appreciate it. They just think like, yeah, this guy's like a dope. <laughs> Right. They don't know anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they don't they don't they never knew. But, you know, that, so they won't. Pre- they probably like, yeah, I'm not going to take care of this yeah. idiot. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe build get some loyalty. Yeah. All right. So George is at the meeting. Then he goes back to the conference room and he has a whole speech about how the truth has to be heard. And he's really just like ranting. And then he plays the tape with the low rumple, a metallic squink, a glonk. Someone says, dear God, and they just very quickly tell him, yeah, somebody was moving a chair. They dropped it. It must have fallen off and um, knocked over your recording tape recorder. I do like this scene. I feel it's a little bit like the office more Curb Your Enthusiasm style where like it's super awkward and like the good guy loses or at least like, the, you know, the protagonist loses. I, I like this scene a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, Jason Alexander does a great job with it. You know, it's always fun to see George like really worked up. Yeah. And you're watching a train wreck and you know, you can't stop it. It's yeah. Uh, we see then at the urologist and uh, we see Jerry and Newman uh, waiting to get their vasectomy. I didn't know that the uh, vasectomy is just a procedure you can sort of just like show up. Like, yeah, I agree. Oh, you, you, they don't even have appointments. You think it's how, like, well, how uh, did they get a point? Like, well, I mean, it was it's the same day. Yeah. And it's not even March Madness. Like the urologist <laughs> isn't expecting people. Right. I guess so. And as they're sitting there now, here comes Elaine with Kevin and uh, that they're trying to get his vasectomy reverse. Yeah. Why does the rever- the, the resec- vasectomy reversal? Why does it scare Jerry Newman away so quickly? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't think that that's it, what scares it, them uh, away. I think that Kramer hobbling is what scares them away. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that Kramer comes out like he looks like he's in pain, like he like it really hurt and they run away, I think. I thought it was, it's cuz they play it off like a little bit like it's the idea of that you couldn't have it reversed. Yeah. That sort of scares them, but doesn't make sense. And also Jerry says to Elaine, uh, "What did you do to your hair?" And uh she cut it. Jerry says, "I think it's a little short." Very Akiva-esque. Yeah. So a couple of things here on the vasectomy um, that uh, they say earlier in the episode about how um, it's uh, they say nothing is 100 percent. And uh, Kevin argues, no, this is. Uh, but Antonio Cromarty will tell you otherwise. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. Um, and could they reverse a vasectomy the same day that they do a regular vasectomy? I feel like it's got a lot of, uh, like bleeding already. I feel like that they probably need to like heal up a little bit before they go back in there. Or do you say while the whole thing is still like, ah, no, you don't want to heal up. Just go right back in. Yeah. Do you like, do you, you know, it's, it's already a mess. So why not just do it now? Like you're already in pain. Who cares? What's a little more pain? Yeah. It's a good question for our medical correspondents. Yeah. Do we have with Dr. Thomas, um, Another doctor emailed in this week. We got a lot of doctors listening. Yeah. Um, I that's I don't know if we have any urologists. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a staff urologist. I'm not sure, but the uh, I don't know if you could just do it. This I mean, is it even like? Don't I would assume you go to a hospital now? Do you really just go to a urologist and get a vasectomy? Right. And also remember, 
he's he's wrong because he says like that that uh it's permanent and like there's no downside but we learn later in the season in the Andradoria, right that kramer's vasectomy was botched and he's, he's even more potent than ever before <laughs> boy uh, i forgot about that plot detail so also in terms of the just showing up at the urologist's office um you know we always talk about in a, in a small town like manhattan uh, only one urologist for the whole city so uh they all go to the same doctor at the same time yes. i mean listen he could be the best he could be the best you don't want to go to I've, like if you go to like a bad you know uh your podiatrist like you might be okay like you don't want to go to a bad urologist i feel like that that could be a disaster. not ideally all right so that's the end of the episode proper we have the tag where george is reading a poem and uh that the poem wick asks that keats no it's newman and uh he leaves and wick asks the panel uh, does anybody else think george murdered susan and uh, they agree. Yeah, of course he did. All right, back to business. Yeah, pretty. Uh, you know, it, like an interest. It's almost like a cliffhanger. Not really because it doesn't lead into that, but like it's a it's an interesting way for like a comedy show. Yeah, to but end. do you feel like they really care? I feel like it's sort of like, eh, yeah, he probably killed her. Okay, whatever. It's yeah, just our we job. We have no way of proving he's going to get off with it. We're just sitting next to a murder. We don't care. Yeah. It is. It's a little bit too flippant. Yeah, <laughs> like it's fun for George to be flippant, but it's weird that like they assume he killed them, and they clearly love Susan enough to be on this you know like pat you know on the board and and like spend all this time doing it and they don't seem super concerned with who killed yeah all right keith let's talk through uh the soulmate just from a big picture perspective um did you like this more or less than the foundation i'd say pretty similar um you know i don't want to give it away you'll guess my ranking in a minute but it's very similar to the foundation i think that even though season a few people emailed in said Season like it echoed what I said last week and they said absolutely season eight's my favorite. That really picks up next week with the Bizarro Jerry. Uh the first two episodes aren't dynamite, even though there's memorable things in this episode and certainly in last one too. Yeah. Overall, I feel like I liked last week's episode better. Uh I feel like that uh this even like before I put it on, I was like, I don't even remember what this episode is about. And uh, you know, I don't think that this is uh, really a strong outing for the show. Yeah, I mean, the vasectomy, uh, somewhat memorable. George also taping. I remember the first time I watched this episode, maybe I was very happy. It was my yeah. birthday. My 13th birthday, I was probably spending watching alone upstairs in my room this this episode, I imagine. Um, the uh, I, I remember, like, uh, really loving the J- Jerry leaving the, excuse, George leaving the tape recorder in the foundation. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, the pro- the most memorable thing in the episode. And, like, maybe we're poo-pooing this idea that, like, they think George murdered Susan, which will definitely come up again this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the time, it was probably a bigger deal. Also. Yeah, perhaps. All right. So because you don't know where it's going to land. Like, is there going to be a murder trial for George? You know? <laughs> yeah. Serial season three. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So let's uh, just talk through our grades uh, for everybody in this episode. Uh, Jerry is dating Pam and Gaga for Pam. Maybe we don't really get a good enough reason why anybody would be Gaga over Pam. Right. Mm-hmm. We could get like one more. I mean, I thought you said looks, you were Gaga right? over Pam. I just said she's pretty. That's all okay. I said. It's just her long hair. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Anyone who's long hair. <laughs> the opposite isn't necessarily true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is it longer, the better or is there a cutoff? Oh, there's definitely a cutoff. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a cutoff. Yeah, someone need, I need like Sean Falconer to make like models of of like uh, of heads and like I'll 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 tell you like where the undulating curve is like where does it hit mm-hmm. like se- seven is good then you get all the way to like a nine which is like super long hair I'm like no thank okay. you okay all right so this is a sweet spot of hair there must okay. be I don't know what it is but uh, <laughs> yeah um, so I don't think that Jerry has a ton to do here 
Yeah, I agree. Almost like uh, one of his lighter story lines for the whole show. I mean, I guess they would say like he's got a whole second subplot with like him and Newman in a few scenes together. Mm-hmm. But we don't like those scenes. So I'm going to give Jerry a C minus. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty fair grade. I think that he has uh, some fun moments along the way. You know, he comes up with the idea for the Jerry Lewis uh briefcase trick so c minus is very fair i think uh what about george with the tape recorder yeah you know it's so memorable is it hilarious i think it is i'm giving george an a hey i feel like it's a b plus yeah. i just think like it's it was really funny and interesting the first time i watched this episode i remember loving okay. it. uh what about kramer he loves pam he gets a vasectomy i mean i'm sure there are people who really like the scene with him and newman yeah. in the bookstore and that's really his main scene here um he does a decent amount with not so much i'll give newman a uh, kramer yeah, up i think here. b is a very fair grade uh for him and what about elaine and her storyline here with that she hates kids yeah it'll pick up next week it's just the means to an end almost an incomplete she's got so little yeah. to do the first scene with her friends is probably the best and then the stuff with kevin i think is pretty weak even though yeah be... yeah that's a fine like one one beat scene yeah. sure uh also the name of the episode soulmate uh this should be the tape recorder yeah, I, I was thinking the same right? thing. We don't already have a tape recorder as an episode, do we? Uh, no, I mean, we have the problem is we have like the voicemail, but the word recorder is not in there. Maybe someone would confuse the phone message with the with the um, with this. But I, I agree. The tape recorder, even the briefcase would be totally fine. That would have been fine. OK. All right. So, Keith, in terms of your rankings, uh, I mean, we have the tape uh, as an episode. Uh, so yeah. how about. Uh, I'll say you went uh, number 90 for this. Very close. 87. 87. The soulmate. All right. Keith, let's check the voicemail inbox or the uh, email inbox. Uh, Seinfeld at post show recaps uh, dot com. All right. And of course, mm-hmm. that first off out of the gate, uh, not Johnny DeSilvera. No, we got a uh, Rob. We're very popular. I don't know if we're popular in real life, but we're very popular um with people we don't we've never met mm-hmm. before sure sure i mean that makes sense the more distance there is i feel like the more people like us then they get close and you know they meet us and it's like ah eh, okay not so exciting. okay all right keeve uh this is yeah. uh a very long email from nolan from edmonton yeah he's inviting us you you said a couple weeks ago that you've never been to a bachelor yes. party and he wants to rectify that okay how so so he's inviting us to come to his uh, bachelor party in Iceland. Hmm. Uh, he said it's a bunch of Canadian guys. This is Nolan from Edmonton. So he's from uh, Oilers country. And uh, he says, speaking of the Oilers, he said the majority of those of the people attending are going to be 26. But don't fret, old guys. <laughs> he says to us. No, he doesn't call us old. He says his brother's 37 and was in the NHL. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he says they chose they chose Iceland because we're never going to go again. And it's a cool place. But Nolan did a lot of work. Yes. He looked up how much flights are for you from L.A., for me from New York this uh, summer to go with them on their bachelor, you know, on their bachelor party trip. Okay. So for you, for you, it's $660. For me, it's 370 Now, I have to say that sounds very cheap for first class tickets. Yeah. Which I assume he's providing. Okay. Because my my agent does not let me fly uh, coach. I'm not sure about yours. Yeah. Uh, he says it doesn't it doesn't conflict with Survivor or Game of Thrones or we Big Brother. Uh, he said yeah. he says it doesn't. No, by, by the way, uh, very off topic. But I, I, I think the Game of Thrones thing's a lie. I don't think it's actually even coming. this summer. Oh, winter. I, I don't winter. even think. You're, I, I don't, yeah. First of all, you're not getting in June. I, I don't think 
I don't think you're getting in July or August. Either, I heard in July, but yeah, that, then they could put it on in like November so. and say winter is coming. Yeah, I know. There's no way it's going to be in June. Okay. Guaranteed. Okay. Because they, they started so much later than they normally do. Um, okay. So he's and so it's six guys. So it's six new fans. They, see, they on day one, they might be fans. By the end, they're never going to want to see us okay. again. No well, more. why? Okay. So uh, he says the case for he Iceland says 22 here. 22 hours of sunlight. Okay. Which to me, I want like 23 hours of darkness. Right. Like I want to nap a lot. Extra vitamin D for wheels. This is a real listener. He knows um, that the doctor said I, the lowest vitamin D yeah. he's ever seen. Uh, teeing off at 10 p.m. for midnight golf on the Atlantic coast. That happens to sound pretty cool. I'm a horrible golfer. Right. Uh, fishing boat. See, this sounds amazing, but it also like if no one was trying to sell the two of us, Akiva and Rob, it should be like we're going to watch so much TV. Yes. We're never going to leave the That'd cabin. Like you could be on the Internet the whole time. Uh, we're just going to like, we're not even going to go out for food. It's like a lot of delivery options. Yeah, would you do fishing? I would go fishing once. I feel like the Iceland pictures, you ever, you know, people go on like a vacation to Iceland, they post them on Facebook, look cooler than I think any other place. Yeah. Like Iceland is pretty cool. Maybe Australia, but like Iceland is pretty cool. I, I, I get why he's going to Iceland. I just, I don't know. I, it's a lot of like going out. This would be like the most <laughs> either of us have been outside in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a great trip. But I don't know if it's and for And he us. also says we could be the MC for the we'll wedding. We'll be so not fun. We'll, ru- we'll ruin it for everybody. Why did your friends are going to hate us? We're going to be like, oh, we're going to have to switch hotels. They're going to hate us. Everybody so will hate us. It's Nobody not- will like it. Well, how are you going to explain it? Like, I listen to this podcast. There's these two guys. They must not be cool because they never get invited to any their, <laughs> like actual friends bachelor party. Yeah. So as a so pity, we want to like this is like a make a wish foundation for nerds. And <laughs> Nolan, like, it's not going to like. I really appreciate it. It's like incredibly uh, and incredibly nice and well thought out and like a great email. But think about for yourself. Like you might not even end up getting married. Like when your wife finds out or your fiance, she's going to be like, you invited like two podcast hosts along. That doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I just feel like only bad things. Why do you think these 26 year old Canadian dudes are going to like? Right. Us? And also, there's no chance I'm going to be allowed to go to a bachelor party in Iceland. Well, it is your first of all. I we we were very clear that no one's allowed to tell your wife anything we discuss on this podcast, oh. right? There's no snitching rule, so I think we could get away with, like, you could pretend to do a live show and not do it. It's not like she's <laughs> going to listen and be like, "Hmm, I wonder, like, what kind of gold Rob was spending last night in, uh, you know, Caroline's in New York City." And really, the whole time, you'll just be posting like picture fake pictures from last mm-hmm. time. But really, we'll be in Iceland, and we'll just have like a social media blackout. That I, I guarantee our fans would, uh, our listeners would would be able to keep up the gag. Okay. We'll see. And think about like your wife got mad when you missed that flight. Think about how mad she would be in like two years when someone actually. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. For a bachelor party <laughs> in Iceland. Then she'll she might actually let you go in the in the in the current life, let alone the afterlife at that. point. OK. All right. Well, I have to say that this was a very nice invitation from Nolan from Edmonton. I just don't I think that I think he's uh, maybe uh, reaching out to the wrong people. Yeah. Who would be like a fun person to bring? What about like Tyson? I wonder oh, like if Tyson would be really fun. Tyson would be an inc- like he would make your bachelor party and he'll probably go. I don't know if Nolan. I, it sounds like he, he listens to the other podcasts like Nolan invite Tyson. Yeah, he's the, like probably one of the great bachelor parties of guys. Of yeah, all he doesn't time. even drink. He, he, he doesn't drink, but he's like he's naturally drunk. So he's, he's not going to embarrass you or do anything insane because he's not drunk, mm-hmm. but he's fun. Yeah, I, that's that's the guy you want in your bachelor yeah. party. All right. Johnny D. Silvera. 
wants to know that the truth must be sought of what happened in the conference room. How did the lines, hey, what are you doing? And dear God, sync up with moving a chair in a conference room. And Craig from Vancouver wants to know, why were the reactions on the foundation tape justified for someone just moving a chair? I've always thought something more sinister was at play in that scene. Maybe I'm just being a George here. I mean, could the oh my God be that they opened up the tape recorder and saw a playing tape recorder mm. and thought like, oh, we're being spied on by somebody? I don't know if oh my God is the reaction to a tape recorder. Yeah. Right. Or like someone looks at the window and they see George like waiting. That's not oh my God. Yeah. I, I mean, I just thought maybe they're like, were they standing on the chair? And they fell. That could be. Yeah. It. But like maybe changing a light bulb or I something. I don't, know. Possible. I don't know why they need to change a light bulb in the conference room. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't don't think about it too much. It doesn't make sense. Don't think about it too much. That's like the. I guess the so. I guess show. so. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't t- people think about it. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, Dan, the benefactor. Last week, we were talking about how we donated uh, a crazy amount of money for season seven because our shows are getting longer and longer. Like the days in Iceland. That's right. 22 hour days. We said uh, we, we should go. During the winter, I feel like that's when it's two hour days. That's when we mm-hmm. should go. Um, so uh, he's so we said uh, Dan should be rooting for the podcast to be cut. So he re- emailed back this week and he said uh, rooting for the podcast to be shorter would be like betting against the Nationals. He can't do it. Yes, the podcast has gotten longer than anybody could have reasonably predicted. But fortunately, the quality is still roughly <laughs> there in the finish lines in sight. Roughly there. We don't want your money anymore, Dan. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, roughly there Caleb from Atlanta oh, wants to know what's the Susan Foundation for it doesn't really serve a point for anything much like this podcast yeah by the way that is one of my pet peeves in life is what is like bog- bogus charities I really I hate 80% of charities I could find like a major problem with. 80% of charities at least maybe first of all any celebrity charity I shouldn't say all but many celebrity charities are total nonsense mm. You'll see these articles once in a while, like the Washington Post or something will do. It's like they found 50 athlete charities and they're all so mismanaged and they all rented money or, you know, spent, you know, it's it's somebody paying their cousin $80,000 to operate a tiny charity. Mm-hmm. There's so many bad charities out there. Yeah. Boy, Keeve on the charity soapbox. I, 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 we were at a friend's house, uh, like a couple's house uh, last weekend. Wow. And they mentioned some charity. I won't say it here, but it's like. What they do is sim. I'd say it's in the ballpark of Make a Wish. It's not Make a Wish, but they do something relatively similar. But they're and it's regional. They're they're very popular. Um, but they're like too popular for what they do. They're not. They're not like curing cancer, you know, or like solving autism. You know, it, what they're doing is is lovely. But but they are so big. Con, con, like they they were marketed beautifully. And you know what I mean. Okay. They're so big compared to like other similar charities. That I said, you know, it's a great charity, but I would never give them any money because there's other people that would need it more at this point. And like they're like what they would use the money for now is not as important as other. It's the same way, you know, Harvard has twenty five billion dollars, but people still give Harvard money instead of like their, you know, local college or whatever that probably needs it more. Um, and I, people were like, you're bashing this, you know, like great charity that does such, my cousin needed it and blah, blah, blah. And like, they, you know, every single woman was so against me. I almost had to leave. Yeah. It was like 12 women yelling at me about how, like, how could you say bad things about the charity? I didn't say any bad yeah, things. Why are you having a hot take at like a anymore. party? I'm sure your wife wanted to, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, murder you right there in front of everybody. It wasn't a party. It wasn't a party. But it was like all the kids playing in the background. Yeah. And they weren't really mad, but but they were wrong. Like, the charity does not need any anymore. Okay. Um, 
Then let's take another email from Ariel, who says uh, there are many Gaga mentions in this episode. When I hear that term, I think of a game more uh, than having love goggles. Uh, are either of you familiar with Gaga the game? I'm willing to bet Akiva says yes, and Rob says no. Yeah, no idea what Gaga the game is. Yeah, so Gaga is like Israeli dodgeball. Israeli dodgeball, but it's come to the the U.S. a little bit. I guess not too much, but I I would I would ask if anybody's heard of Gaga who didn't. I mean, Ariel is is uh, is not Israeli, but but. You know, maybe a Jewish summer camp you would play it because that's where I learned it too, not in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody just randomly like lives in West Virginia and knows Gaga, I would be impressed. Um, the on the on the Wikipedia page, it has like a popularity, you know, in New York, and there's supposedly like a Gaga Center. Um, it basically, it is instead of dodgeball, you're sort of slapping a ball, and the purpose is you have to hit below the knees. You kind of have to, so it's like it's like a safer dodgeball. Safer dodgeball. You have to. Yeah, you have to, you have to like, I would slap the ball and I have to um, hit your legs, basically, yeah. hit your feet. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's not bad for like the uh, ACL or anything like that? Probably is. It was a rainy day activity because you play it indoors. So anytime it rained in summer camp, there would be like Gaga in the gym. Yeah. Okay. It was, it's not on the schedule because it's lame, but like when there's nothing you can do and you can't play basketball because that only like helps 10 kids inside out of like, you know, a million kids because it's raining. So you play Gaga, everyone can play. So it's like safe dodgeball. Okay. So uh, we'll see uh, that if uh, Gaga coming to the Olympics in 2020. That, I mean, I feel like there's no skill. Anybody that like we could win medals <laughs> there. It would be great. Okay. Uh, what about Matt in Massachusetts? How did Pam not notice Newman standing behind the bookshelf or at the very least hear another voice telling Kramer what to say, especially when Kramer yelled his name and knocked the books over. Don't get Keith started on this. Not, <laughs> that's not very realistic. Is she deaf in one ear like one of George's girlfriends from earlier? It's a cartoon. You know, we, we always talk about this, right? It's cartoony. Like if you don't want if you're in a sitcom and you don't want someone to hear what you say, they don't hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially no I mean that, that Kramer like elbows Newman. He falls down and like 10 books fall over. Totally. Yeah. It's totally cartoony. But listen, is that the most cartoony part of this episode? No, the no. chase scene is. Yeah. What is the Max the Millennial? Max mark? the Millennial is the soulmate, the fastest moving episode of Seinfeld ever. It feels like every scene is 45 seconds long, just getting in and out before the scenes have a chance to be as funny as they could be. Keith, what was your scene count on this episode? 25. Pretty basic. No, Max, you're wrong. Next question. I, I have 25 in the tag. So uh, I've had the same thing. Yeah. Um. You know, there's one. First of all, the the montage is a long scene. There's one or two long scenes, uh, but no, no more or less than most other episodes. Okay. What about Lindsay? Uh, where do we fall in the order of friends having kids? Were you among the first ones to have kids or were people starting to gotta have a baby thing? Well, if Lindsay's heard any, like 10 of the episodes we've done, probably knows that I had kids very yes. early. Um, so I guess I'm like second of anyone of all my friends. Right. I think that I don't have friends, uh, but if I did, right. that my friends that I went peers, to college with. What about your with, peers? Like yeah. guys you went to college. No, they all had yeah. kids and got married earlier than I did. But for people mm. in L.A., I think that I'm probably on pace or maybe even early. So the Long Island people have kids quick. And, you know, people I mean, I went to people with uh, in college, like all over New York State. Right. But what about your what about like the guys you grew up with? People you went to high school or lived in? Well, I don't really know up. what they do or are doing. You don't even know if they have kids. Yeah, I, uh, they probably do. They probably them. do. Yeah. They recently had a reunion, a 20 year reunion of my high school graduating class, Keith. And you didn't go. Yeah. But you're like, 
You had nothing to be embarrassed about. You got to go. No. Well, first off, it was on Long Island. And second off, I, I don't even know who I would talk to. You really don't have one person who'd be like, ooh, that would be interesting. Now, I went to high school with 33 guys. Yeah. So it would be much different. Like, I, even if I don't speak to most of them, I'm probably Facebook friends with most, you know, like I know. I saw pictures what they're all up from to. Facebook and I looked, I, I couldn't even pick out. I was like, I don't even know who these people are. But you would have been. A, did you go back for your 10th? No. You would have been a conquering hero. Like you were on TV. You made it out of Long Island. I, I guess so. I guess so. No, I am Man, in the Facebook your, group my, for the for them. But they didn't even post a lot of pictures. My grandfather went to his 70. Yeah. This summer. Yeah. Well, I think at that point you just bragging uh, you're still alive. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like who else was there? The guys from like your 65th or, you know, like I don't even think people his age. Were mm-hmm. there. He has friends like in nursing homes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that then you're the big winner. Yeah. Uh, but I so for your 70th, I feel like you should. go. OK, I'll see. Um, Courtney and Kendall want to know George as the peanut M&M is spot on. If casting the other members of the core for as figurines, who or what should they be? Oh, that's good. I think could Jerry be Superman for the figurine? He'd want to be. Superman. I guess he could be Superman. Um, would that make Elaine Wonder Woman? I guess Elaine could be Wonder Woman or Supergirl. Yeah. Well, Supergirl is blonde. Yeah, she probably has long hair too. But Elaine could fix her hair. <laughs> proven that every single episode. Yeah. Now, who's Kramer? Is the good one though? <laughs> what what action figure is Kramer? Uh, I'm not sure if I could think of a good action figure for him. Do you have anybody? Not really. Is there like a stoner action figure? No. I, I thought it was good when they no. called him Jughead. What about Deadpool? What about oh Jughead's Deadpool. not bad. Deadpool. Yeah, Jughead. Wow. You know Deadpool. Yeah, I know who he is. Um, yeah. Why can't he be Deadpool? I don't know. I mean, does he wear like a red? I don't mask? know anything about Deadpool yeah. other than it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, if you but you know what Deadpool looks like. Yeah, he's like red and yeah. stuff. Um, he's like tall and skinny, you know? I guess so. I mean, then he might as well just be the red Power Ranger if he's going to be Deadpool. No, how many Power Rangers do you I need? mean, for the diorama? Yeah. Um, By the way, one of the great things about like not being in school anymore is not having to like think about dioramas. Although I imagine my kids probably make them, although I don't really do handle that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Amir has a similar question. If we were making a shoebox mock-up of our podcast, <laughs> which action figures would we be? Uh, I don't know. What would you be? <sighs> The problem is they don't make action figures that look like us. Yeah, but like what would represent you the best? Like, is there a podcasting action figure? Uh, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who has action figures? I don't, I don't know. know. The problem is that we need inaction figures. That, that's really. That's right. That's us. right. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. Inaction figures. That's your hashtag. <laughs> we got a couple of uh, options today. Okay. okay. Uh, anything else from Amir? Uh, he says, when George is na- asked to name his favorite poet, he mutters something like Flavin. We assume he's making up a name, but maybe he's referring to American poet Dick Flavin, the poet laureate of the Boston Red Sox, oh. as well as the team's PA announcer, former journalist, commentator, playwright. That being said, he also answers Flavin when Susan asks what kind of birth control she has. Oh. Yeah, I think it's his sort of uh, like pat answer yeah. to, to anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, they should have had that payoff also. Like the Flavin thing doesn't really come up. He should have said, someone said he should have said Art Vandelay. Mm-hmm. You know, Vandalay is his favorite poet. I don't know. What, let's and, and just let me just add the, that I think that yeah. uh, Amir's brother, I was. Remember when that uh, in the in the middle days of this podcast when there were Kickstarters for to buy free agents to be on the Mets? That's right. Amir's brother made a Kickstarter and Chester gave him ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. He's lucky he didn't take him up on it. Um, what about what about him? Yeah, I'm just saying that if they, if that was now, then like uh, who's saying like, uh, hey, let's do a Kickstarter for the Mets to buy hitters. That's right. Well, he I, Amir's brother really is like the Mets MVP. Probably he shamed the Mets <laughs> in the spending money. And look at them now. They're they're re-signing Joanna Cespedes every single offseason. Yeah. 
Giving him no trade contract. Yes, and more and more years every every offseason. That's right. Next year he's going to sign a five-year deal. How many? Every golf course in, in the U.S. was like so excited. Yeah, about well, that's what dollars. they should have. Uh, if you want to have somebody fun at your bachelor party uh, that in Iceland, get Johannes Cespedes. Uh, well, hopefully he's busy in a pennant race in June. No, well, he, he'll probably have a pulled hamstring by then. I mean, just think about right. it. If you want, if you want someone who's going to be available in June, ask one of the members of the Mets starting rotation. <laughs> They'll probably all be right. available. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wheeler, what do you think he's going to oh, be yeah, doing? I mean, he could be, but Cespedes could be golfing, uh, smoking cigars, dancing. By the way, that would be a great Mets scandal if like Cespedes missed the game. You know, there was like a scandal. Al Horford missed the game for his child's birth. Yeah. What if Cespedes missed like two games ago golfing in Iceland? Yeah. Imagine like Skip Bayless yelling about that. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. All right. Uh, finally, Chester uh, has an email. But first, uh, a Twitter update from Chester to tell yeah, us a couple Twitter updates. Yes, an important update. New addition to the Chester family. Yes. Oh, why? What's going on? We had two new additions, but most importantly, yes. Uh, the from last week, just now, while we, we've been recording the podcast, the party favor truck. If you listen to the whole episode, last yeah, week, you said it was a train last week. It's a, it's a, is it a train? This or a appears truck? to be a uh, tractor trailer. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I don't know the difference. I, I, we have girls toys. Here. Okay. Uh, yeah, his son, he posted pictures wearing pajamas of, uh, of the losing football team from this past week's uh, big yes. game. Um, Chester, I think said he cried or his wife cried. Someone cried when Michigan. Okay. Lost. Um, uh, and, uh, less importantly, he also had his third son yesterday. Okay. Wow. So, uh, what is the total number of Chester offspring up to? Three, three, three. He's a, he, he he's a copycat. He tied okay. me. Th- but he has three, three We live boys. in a world, Rob, where, where Chester has had sex three yes, times. Yes. Three and all, all boys. All boys. Um, is Mrs. Chester going to want to have a daughter? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, write in next week, Chester, and tell us your kid's yes, situation. And, I haven't asked that. And is Mr. See, Chester going for the vasectomy? This would be this would be a good week. <laughs> no, we gotta wait. Although he might want to make March yeah, Madness. Make, wait for March Madness. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll come with you because I'm gonna have my fourth by March Madness. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Are you really? The, is this a, uh, breaking oh, yeah. news? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Uh, we're gonna have one in March. Keith, wow, yeah. a muscle well, Listen, again. I wasn't gonna let Chester take the lead. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I am one of four. So. Yes. And so is my wife. I, I, Chester. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I Does didn't Chester even know you want wanted more, more kids. kids. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. No. I don't want more uh, kids. What, what does Chester say about the pot? You don't want more no. kids? No. No. But now, now, that, now that I have four, what about, like, you think, like, oh, three's not No. Bad. No, I don't want more kids. No. The second one was tough. That, you know, we, that when, when, my first, when my first kid was, was little, we said, oh, he's nice. Let's make another one. But my second kid, he's, he's been tough. He's tough. Yeah, but then they get older and it's like, all right, this is easy now. Soon it's going to be really easy. You have yeah, no idea. We're getting too old, Keith. <laughs> yeah, you true. started That's early. Nice. You started, you're, you're, you're prolific. You don't want to be the old dad. Yeah. I, I, you know, I had super young parents. Now I have a sister who's 15 and she, like, you know, they go to parent teachers. And like, uh, are you like Kayla's grandpa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So then uh, the real Chester email then comes to us. Uh, this is what Chester actually had to say. Congratulations to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chester uh, on the toy. Uh, mis- uh, that's Mr. and Dr. Mr. and Dr. Chester. Uh, the, the girl who plays Pam, Kim Myers, looks like Meryl Streep, doesn't she? I didn't really think that, but. Nope. I know, uh, Keith uh, thought it was Gaga for her. So perhaps. Uh, then. Chester also says that Kevin says jet skis are sitting in his garage. He lives in Manhattan. He doesn't have a garage. Is it possible he just means one of the storage facilities like on the west side that they're always advertising? For? Is, that's possible. Now, this is a very or like what about his parent? Like 
I would say my garage if I had like something big in my parents' garage on Long Island, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like that's still my garage. I guess so. Um, so so yeah, that's a nitpicky thing. Chester also says, why is George leaving every foundation meeting early anyway? Because they're, they're boring, boring, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. Um, I also liked it in the comments of last week's show about the foundation. Uh, Craig wrote us a comment and uh, said of Chester's email last week, he said it was the Chesteriest Chester question that ever chested. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. So, and again, uh, congratulations all around. I don't know if he's going to have time for us anymore. Three kids. That's a lot of kids. I mean, I, I magically have all the time in the world, but maybe Chester's more helpful. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, could we miss a week of the podcast in March? No, I missed like three hours of work last time for number three. Number four, the lucky if I go to the hospital. Either. Okay, well, yeah, and you could go to the hospital and then get that vasectomy in March. That's not true. That's not bad. Chester said yesterday, because we haven't recorded our, our sports podcast yet. He said, give me like an hour when the epidural hits. We're going to do the podcast. And a few hours later, I don't hear from him. Next thing I know, he's posting this baby on Facebook. He, he totally bailed. Boom. Him. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we almost had a we almost had a labor podcast, but it never happened. <laughs> yeah. I did some Snapchats during the delivery of my uh, second son. Is your wife on Snapchat? Could she see them ever? Or no, mm, she might be on Snapchat now. I think she watches, but I don't think she posts anything. OK, because like I would never if someone snap, I would never know. You know, it's Snapchat's a good thing because it's like gone forever. Kind mm-hmm. of, unless someone really screen caps. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's just uh, talk through these hashtags real quick. Uh, in action figures. You like that the best more than post snap or uh, Harris. Harris yeah. post. Yeah, I like in action. Figures. OK. Uh, all right. So there you go. In action figures. Uh, that one could stick. That one could really be uh, turned into something. Yeah. Someone make if, if there's <laughs> anyone creative. I, th- I think uh, Dan is good with his hands. I mean, he, I don't know if he's not really welcome to listen to the podcast anymore since he said we're slipping. But, uh, you know, if Dan maybe wants to make um, in action figures and send them to us, that would be, you know, maybe I'll forgive you for your insult of. Uh, of this podcast. Okay, good stuff. All right. So uh did uh your thirty-two fans plug, did that count? Yeah, that counted as a plug. I, I we we I think we'll record right after okay. this, but no promises. You never know with the Chester's baby. We talked about it a couple times, but next week will be the Bizarro Jerry. So more Kevin. Uh see if there's any more talk of his bizarro vasectomy that Elaine is trying to get him to do. Yeah, classic episode. Yes. So uh lots of fun coming up next week. Of course, uh, big props to Scott St. Pierre for the editing of the Seinfeld post-show recap. So thank you again to Scott and to Mike Moore, who writes the recap every week of the Seinfeld post-show recap. Keith, what else? I think that's it. I feel like I know you hate mail from the short-haired ladies out there. I'm sure you listen. You're doing better than me. Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. And so uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. Uh, go to postshowrecaps.com, subscribe, and leave us some feedback at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye.